0: Yes
1: Jenny Yeah This is Pete See if you can find someone to take a story for me My typewriter's seized up I'll try You all right? Yes, so far Better come up here, Jeannie No sense in being on your own
0: Pete, how long before we know Copy desk? Yes Hold, I'm giving you newsroom
1: Look, Kitty, do me a favor Are you ready? Who's that? Pete Stenning, I can't write Now, will you take it for me? But for what? Who says there's gonna be an edition? Just take it Okay, go ahead, nice and slow. It is exactly 30 minutes since the corrective bombs were detonated. Within the next few hours, the world will know whether this is the end or another beginning, the rebirth of man or his final obituary. For the last time, man pursued his brother with a sword, and so the final fire was kindled. The earth that was to live forever was blasted by a great wind Towards Oblivion.
0: I'm Captain Kirk.
2: Ladies
3: and gentlemen, may I present the winners of the 74th Annual Hunger Games? I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. is Optimus Prime.
0: I am the futures of war.
1: Resistance is futile.
2: Yes, Jedi's strength flows from the Force, but beware the dark side.
1: It's kind of catchy. It's kind of it. I mean, it's not technically accurate. It's, it's a gold thing. Oh,
0: I'm sorry, David. I'm afraid I can't do that.
4: This is a reach Cult, and you're listening to Treks in Sci-Fi. Happy Father's Day, everybody. This is Mark Daniels from the Great Pacific Northwest, and you are listening to Treks in Sci-Fi. This is episode 906 for Sunday, June 18th, 2023. I'm back this week with another classic science fiction movie. Today's movie is The Day the Earth Caught Fire, starring Janet Munro, Leo McKern, and Edward Judd. Before I get into today's podcast, I want to thank Rico for giving me this opportunity to share with all of you another classic science fiction movie. I also want to thank everyone who took the time to listen to me today. I hope you enjoy it. With that said, I'm going to play the trailer to today's movie. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the rest of the podcast. I'll be back after the trailer with some movie information, and then we'll get into today's movie.
1: The time
2: is now 1041. 19 minutes before countdown. 19 minutes...
1: time
3: is now 10.46. 14 minutes before countdown. 14 minutes. 14 minutes before countdown. You are advised to stay
1: inside. The time is
3: now 10.51. Nine minutes before countdown. Nine minutes. Nine minutes before countdown nine minutes while the world waits and wonders share if you dare the unbearable suspense of men and women who have never in their lives faced greater peril the day the earth caught fire will burn itself into your memory is it fiction or is it fact
1: what's the mutation of the earth mutation well it's a slight oscillation on the earth's axis caused by the pull of the sun and the moon it's on changed. the equator you see there's a slight bulge on the There's also an item here about axis rotation. There's been 11 degree variation, whatever that may mean. They've shifted the tilt of the earth. The stupid, crazy,
3: irresponsible bunglers. They've finally done it. On the presses of Fleet Street, today's headlines blaze into tomorrow's history. And here are the people who report the most sensational story a newspaper has ever had to print. A story that might be the last it ever prints. These are the people who caught in the most explosive threat ever to face the world. Jeannie, the girl on the government switchboard, and Stenning, one-time ace reporter, striving to make a comeback in life and love.
0: You happen to walk in at the end of a Black Monday.
3: Well, what about a foggy Sunday?
0: Huh? Oh, come on now, Pete. We're too old to oh, Starfleet. too old. Look, I said you could use the phone oh, and the Oh, come that's on all. now, Jeannie, what
1: do you want? The slow build-up? Hot hands of the movies? Knee troubles in a
3: coffee bar? This is Maguire, the science editor who unearths the deadly facts.
1: What the hell kind of fog only comes up to the fourth floor? Oh, I'd know it's better than to come up here. This place is like the Ante Room to hell. It's really chaos at London Airport, Mr. Maguire. It usually is. question is, how do we get home tonight? Yes, I know. Isn't it wonderful? <laughs> yeah.
3: The countdown must have started by now. Drink up, then. Here's how.
1: 22.
0: 21
3: to the luck of the human race the day the earth caught fire fearlessly tackles a ferocious subject it will seize your imagination stretch your nerves with suspense more compelling than any you have known in a cinema before four three two one
4: The Day the Earth Caught Fire is a 1961 British science fiction disaster film directed by Val Guest. The screenplay was written by Wolf Mankowitz and Val Guest. It was produced by Val Guest and Frank Sherwin-Green. The film stars Janet Munro, Leo McKern, and Edward Judd. It has a running time of 98 minutes and was released on November 23, 1961. Before we get into today's movie, I want to share some information on the director and the stars of today's movie. So, starting off, Val Guest. He was born Valmond Maurice Grossman on December 11, 1911, in London, England. He was a British director and screenwriter. He began his career as a writer and later director of comedy films. He is best known for his work for Hammer, for whom he directed 14 movies, and the science fiction films The Quatermass Experiment and Quatermass 2. He enjoyed a long career in the film industry from the early 1930s to the early 1980s. He passed away on May 10, 2006 at the age of 94. Janet Munro. She was born Janet Nielsen Horsberg on September 28, 1934 in Blackpool, Lancashire. She was a British actress who won a Golden Globe Award for her performance in the film Darby O'Gill and the Little People and received a BAFTA Film Award for her performance in the film Life for Ruth. Monroe starred in three Disney films. Of course, I just mentioned one, Darby O'Gill and the Little People, Third Man on the Mountain, and Swiss Family Robinson. Her other film credits are The Trollenberg Terror, released in the United States as The Crawling Eye, and today's movie, The Day the Earth Caught Fire. She passed away December 6th, 1972, at the age of 38. Next up, Leo McKern. He was born Reginald Leo McKern on March 16th, 1920, in Sydney, New South Wales, Australia. He was an Australian actor who appeared in numerous British, American, and Australian TV shows and films and had more than 200 stage roles. His notable roles included Thomas Cromwell in A Man for All Seasons, Tom Ryan in Ryan's Daughter, Patty in the Blue Lagoon, Dr. Gorgon in The French Lieutenant's Woman, Father Imperius in Ladyhawk, and the role that made him a household name as an actor, Horace Rumpole, who he played in the British TV series Rumpole of the Bailey. He passed away July 23, 2002, at the age of 82. Next up, Edward Judd. He was born in Shanghai, China, on October 4, 1932. He and his English father and Russian mother fled when the Japanese attacked the city in 1937. His career was at its peak in the 1960s with a series of leading roles in British science fiction films, including today's movie, The Day the Earth Caught Fire, First Men in the Moon and Island of Terror. As well as starring in these films, he worked in the soap opera actor and performed other character parts on television. He passed away on February 24, 2009 at the age of 76. That's it for movie information. Now it's time to get into today's movie. Today's movie starts with a lone man walking through the deserted streets of a sweltering London. The film then flashbacks several months. Peter Stenning, played by Edward Judd, had been an up-and-coming journalist in the Daily, with the Daily Express. But since his divorce threw his life in, into disarray, he has been drinking too much and his work has suffered. His editor, played by Arthur Christensen, has begun giving him lousy assignments. Stenning's only friend, Bill McGuire, played by Leo McKern, is a veteran of the Fleet Street Reporter who offers him encouragement and occasionally covers for him by writing his copy. Meanwhile, after the Soviet Union and the United States simultaneously detonate nuclear bombs, strange meteorological events begin to affect the globe. Stenning is sent to the British Met Office to obtain temperature data, and while there, he meets Jenny, played by Janet Monroe, a young typist who is temporarily acting as a telephone switchboard operator. They meet and trade insults. Later, they fall in love. Stenning discovers that the weapons tests have had a massive effect on the Earth. He asks Jenny to help him get get any relevant information. It becomes apparent that Earth's nutation has been altered 11 degrees, affecting the climactic zones and changing the poles and the equator. The increasing heat has caused water to evaporate and mist to cover Britain. A solar eclipse occurs days ahead of schedule. Later, the characters realize that the, that the orbit of the Earth has been disrupted and the planet is spiraling towards the sun. The government imposes a state of emergency and starts rationing water and supplies. People start evacuating the cities. Scientists conclude that the only way to bring the Earth back into a safe orbit is to detonate a series of bombs in western Siberia. Stenning, McGuire, and Jenny gather at a bar to listen to the radio broadcast of the event. The bombs are detonated and the shockwave causes dust to fall from the bar ceiling. At the newspaper print room, two versions of the front page have been prepared. One reads, world saved, the other world doomed. The film ends without revealing which one will be published. And in the words that Stinning would say at the end, humanity will recover after all this terror. So that's pretty much the movie. But I got a bunch of clips I want to share with you. So the first clip is where we meet Bill McGuire and Peter Stenning.
1: Mr. Sanderson's asking for you, Mr. Stenning. So they sent Pip the cabin boy to bail me out. I think he was in a hurry, sir. Yes, well, you just tell him I'll be coming up when he sees the bubbles. I just got to get some Pip's and the sir. Fine, make sure my is up to date. Yes, but why all am I heading? What's he trying to do, make a job for himself? Bill, you can't print a feature on thrombosis and call it you two can be the death of the party. Nah, no, we're all getting soft. That's what we're all getting, soft. Hi, Billy boy. Good evening. Well, your car's safely back. It's a fine vessel and should prove seaworthy for another hundred years or so. But I don't understand. Why bother to come, come back? You borrow my car for lunch, why bother to hurry back at 6.30? I saw my kid today. Oh, yeah? Yeah, Battersea Pleasure Gardens. She lets me see him sometimes. It's my legal right, you know. Uh-huh. We spent the afternoon on the ghost train. The only customers in the rain. You know, Sandy's been screaming, for you? He's a nice little kid. Bright, too. Remembered me after about 10 minutes. You can throw this lot down, too. My floor's full. Oh, What'd you like to have fan mail? The biggest experimental bang of all time is 10 days old. Instead of being proud, the public demands we stop it. Oh, I don't know. The best science man in the street ought to be able to pull off a little job like that. Make a trick film, maybe. Yeah, you know. The mushroom goes back into the bomb. The bomb goes back into the plane, which flies backwards over the task force, steaming backwards from the Antarctic. Yeah. You'd better start climbing backwards to Sandy's office. He wouldn't believe you were in church. Well, he probably wants me to take over the science desk. Promotion. Stenning rises again. Don't think you wouldn't be welcome. What have we got?
0: A flash. Spitzbergen reports the largest earth tremors ever recorded.
4: In my next clip, we get to see Peter meeting Jeannie.
1: Uh, Sorry I wasn't around, Sandy? Okay, I'm used to it.
0: Do you know anything about sunspots? The sunspots? you hear that static? My favorite tune, but I don't think it'll make the top ten. I'm not joking, Pete. There's usually a lot of sunspot static this time. of year. and enjoying the last week, it's been heavier than ever. The TV people are having trouble with their pictures. Yes, as does the public. Do me a 500-worder for the leader page. Success! Wait a minute.
1: Here are a couple of items about navigation trouble. Maybe you can tie them in. Yeah, why not? Hey, great idea. With all these floods, what about a daily express arc? Great sales promotion, Sandy. You know what, Pete? I really think you're gonna to have to try a bit harder.
0: This paper isn't built to carry passengers. All right. Okay.
1: Well, Billy Boy, they got me doing your homework. 500 words on sunspots. Have you seen the figures on some of these Earth-premises? Is another planet trying to contact us. Are you receiving me? Are you receiving me? You are? We'll get knotted. Must have been a hell of a big bang to give these seismograph readings. Tell me all about sunspots, Daddy. Sunspots are caused when the rays of the sun beat down on an unprotected torso, thus causing a sun rash similar to acne. I thought it was clean living that did that. Bring up the Meteorological Centre, see if you can speak to Sir John Kelly. Maybe he'll give me some quotes. If not, you can talk to Pat Holroyd. Pat Holroyd? That clerk from Picture Post? Oh, he's P.R.O. now. He's gone legitimate. Wow. This calls for a celebration toast. Pete, bring the med centre. Well, I'll be back at six and a half minutes past my medicine time. Get me the med center, please. Thanks for holding on, Bill. Holding on to what? My job. Nah. This may not be a revelation to you, but... And I quote, the thrill is gone, but It's really gone. You know what I think? I should get my finger out and back on the typewriter. Roughly. Alcoholics to the press, unite. Yes? Oh, yes. This is Peter Stenning, Daily Express to John Kelly, please. Well, it's nice of you to be interested. I want to speak about sunspots.
0: Just one moment, please. What do I do with the press?
1: What does he want you to do?
0: I want to talk to Sir John about sunspots.
1: Oh, dreary. Press office. No direct calls to Sir John.
0: Sorry to keep you waiting. I'm putting you yes, through the press office. office.
1: Look, I don't want the press office, dear. I want Sir John Kelly. All right, all right. Then get me Mr. Pat Holroyd. Yeah? Oh, yes, Sandy. Yes, I understand yes, all that, dear, but hold on. note to me. We that's to work distance. together. Now, just tell him Peter Stenning. Uh, no, I'd rather uh, do this myself. I've got my own sources, Look, just I'll just tell one. Mr. Holroyd. This girl's a bigger threat than radiation.
0: I heard that remark. Listen, I don't care yes? if you're Lord Rothermere himself. All right, Beaverbrook, I'm putting you through to the press you office.
1: You were going to get me Mr. Holroyd. Would you get me Professor Lambert, Aldermaster, to Listen, two, your six, job four, is to pass uh, messages eight. on when you're asked.
0: My job is to do what I'm told by the people who gave me the job. In any way, this isn't my job. I'm from the pool.
1: Well, why don't you dive back in and drown? I take it you didn't get much change out of her. I'm going over there, and I'm going to shake her till the tilt sign goes up. Fine. In the meantime, shake my car keys out of your pocket. I may want to use it before closing time.
4: The next clip is Peter at the Met Office.
1: Hello, Pat. Wow. This is a bit better than picture post, isn't it? Tenning, what the hell do you want? A quote on sunspots. Sunspots? Look, just tell me that the static, the monsoon, the compass trouble, and the terrible shows we get on television are all caused by sunspots and that the sunspots are caused by bigger bomb experiments and I'll leave you in peace. Well, there usually is a bit of extra sunspot activity this time of year, old boy, but I don't think it has much to do with anything. But there could be some connection. Oh, come on, say yes. What harm could it do you?
3: Look, Stenning, it's nice to see you again, but I'm afraid I'm up to my neck, old boy. All right, Miss Johnson, take this the typing pool, have it mimeographed immediately. Oh. I see you're still a bit of a liberty taker, Well, Stenny. give me something, Pat. I've got
1: to get a story out of this. I'm
3: sorry I can't apply, Joe,
1: boy. No, well, why not? Honest. It's a perfectly routine, harmless, silly season story. Look,
3: Peter. You've no right to... Well, it is, isn't
1: it? Well, just tell me yes or no. I don't have to tell you anything, Stelling. You've got no special position that entitles you to a first break on anything that comes into this office. You mean something has come in? Miss Johnson? No, she's out of the office, Sir John. Who's that? Holroyd, sir. Come in immediately, Holroyd. Right, sir. Now, if you don't, don't mind, Stenning... I suppose there couldn't be some information that hasn't hit the British public yet. If there is, you'll get it when everyone else does, in the official release. Oh, Miss Johnson, perhaps you would take Mr. Stenning down to the press room, would you? Of course. It's nice to meet an old pal.
0: Come this way, please, Mr. Stenning. Normally,
1: darling, it would be a pleasure. But at the moment, work before women. General pattern is pretty clear, but until we get the full picture... Yes? Sir John, I have only one question to Who ask you. Who are you? I think this gentleman's come to the wrong department. How are the effects Did... of the recent bomb different from all the others we've managed to survive? I don't know what your job is, young man, but it's not mine to speculate. Come along, Steve. But St. they are different, aren't they, Mr. Sir John? You're not making it any easier for yourself. All right, all right, relax. Good try, it, man, but these diabolical liberties have you know. Well, oh, come on, it! you've crushed for a story often enough.
4: The next clip is with Peter and Jenny. They finally meet, and she slaps him.
0: Oh, hello. Have you come to fix this? Well,
1: I had not but for you, why not?
0: Oh, I'm sorry. They said they'd send someone. Can I help you? (coughs) Nearly everyone's gone home.
1: Yeah, I'd like a copy of tonight's official line release.
0: Tonight's what? Uh, The official release, sweetie. Oh, those are all a bit smudged. It's over-inking. I'll get you a clean one. We're in a terrible state here. What with summer holidays and flu, we're all doing everyone else's job.
1: It happens to the best of us.
0: Success. No smudges. This
1: is all I get, sweetie. That's
0: all you get. Wouldn't
1: like a drink, a meal, or a lift home?
0: Correct. Um, Just for my record, i like your name.
1: Peter Stenning. Just for my record, I'd like yours.
0: Peter Stenning?
1: Yeah.
0: Express? Oh, you've heard of me. Oh, yes. And if you're Peter Stenning, that's not all you get. Great,
4: great.
0: You get this too, sweetie. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to dive
2: back into the pool.
4: The next clip is about the two nuclear detonations.
2: Russia
1: announced world's largest nuclear test explosion, Siberia, last Monday, 8 p.m. Force of bomb stated exceeds American by 20%, end flash.
0: Anything you can do, I can do better. All right, this is a change-up, next edition. Monday last, when was that? The third. Monday, when was the American blast? Tuesday. What time? Late afternoon,
1: wasn't it? I don't know. I can check. Messenger! Coming. Library, clips on test bombs. No, I want you. Get
0: Mr. McGuire back. Yes. What's the difference in time factor between the Antarctic base and Siberia? That would be New Zealand time. I pass. If California's eight hours behind us, there must be more than that down there. Eighteen, twenty-four. So evening in Siberia can't be far off the same time as early next afternoon in the Antarctic. Which makes one hell of a story. Now what? Better read that. Yeah, I know. The kids Tell this me. Is what is stuff. To we'll to have a slip edition. It. Get jeffies at the Savoy. Head printer fast. Give me a quick 50 words across three columns. You've got five minutes. I'll write the headline. Now, let's have something for the leader. Yeah. Possible effects, comparative figures, check actual times of explosion. In five minutes. We'll put you in the next edition. Thank you very much. Where the hell's that printer? Well, get him back from teeth. You, Jock, find me the biggest mushroom picture in the file. I'll see if there's any stock blocks. Smudge, slip edition coming down in five minutes at most. So get a bloody move on.
4: The next clip is of Bill covering for Peter.
1: shouldn't have done this, Bill. I know it, I should have gone home. I wouldn't have got involved in this little love. I need my bloody head examined, so do you. I did go to the med center, Bill. Huh? And my watch did stop maybe they'll give you a presentation one when you leave i leave tomorrow you know that i don't give a flop what you do but relieve me of the tension if you don't mind yes i know the hell's the matter with you anyway forget it no woman's irreplaceable no matter how much you love her i told you forget it there'll be somebody else sooner or later london's full of somebody else's and that cures everything doctor there's alcohol find yourself a girl pete Find yourself a dozen. I've got your permission, have I, Dad? Permission? My thoughts will be with you.
4: In the next clip, we see the editor of the paper.
5: I don't care a tinker's damn about this eclipse of the sun as such. The evening papers will cane it. It'll be dead by tomorrow morning. But what I do care about is why there's been an eclipse of the sun ten days before it was due. Bill, this is your department.
1: I don't know why everybody regards me as Nostradamus. Your guess is as good as mine.
5: Yes, but I don't want guesses. I want facts. Try someone on top. Sir John Kelly. What about the Astronomer Royal at Hurstman so? Stenning got in to see Kelly. He had 28
1: fully armed guards around him. Yes, but what did he say? He wouldn't even say goodnight in case it was taken as an official comment on the future of mankind.
5: Which convinces me even more that information is being withheld in Downing Street. Here, we can't choose this. Take it across the evening Standard. and if you're quick with it, they might be able to make the first late night. I'll send a messenger right away. Never mind about a messenger. It's your picture. Follow it through yourself.
0: Does anyone really care about the weather after the bashing they've just had? I agree. We're lucky to have any sun
5: to eclipse. Do you know something, sir? I only know what I read in these agency reports, and I only know what I see on this map. Southern France, Sicily, Libya. Ten days of torrential rain in their peak summer months. The Nile flooding the Egyptian deserts for the first time in known history. Look, it's a straight line. Follow it down. Here's Western Australia. Arid wastes two feet deep in water. New Zealand floods. And at home, an untabled eclipse. Are we suggesting it's something to do
1: with the double bombs? Oh, sure. We blew the moon ahead of its schedule.
5: I'm not joking about this, are you?
1: Look, all I know is what I read in the papers. There may be some after-effects atmospherically due to the bomb, but quite frankly, I wouldn't know.
5: Well, I want to know.
1: Can you give us anything to
5: go on? Nothing, except that I've heard that the boffins are running around like lunatics, putting bits and pieces together that might add up to a very big story indeed. I want it, and I want it first. Is that clear, then? I want it first, whatever it is.
4: The next clip is called Heat, Mist, and Tilted Earth.
5: Where is everybody? Most of them are still trying to get back. The night staff haven't shown it all yet. If it's a heat mist, it can't last long. If being the operative word, we've all seen a heat mist It rises a few feet above the ground in hot weather, but this one's four stories high. And in two hours, it's virtually paralyzed a third of the globe. Look, France, Italy, here, and even India. What sort of treatment, Jeff? Do we still link the bombs? We do, and we go on linking them until someone up top proves how we're wrong. I want something from you on this, Bill.
1: Yes, I was afraid of that. Any angles? Or a couple. This mist could be caused by an unusual amount of condensation from the unusual heat. Following all that rain. And
5: that alternatively...
1: Mean, alternatively what? <laughs> well, this is just a personal guess. I wouldn't dare to put it into print. Let me decide what goes into print. You just give. Could be caused by a mass of extremely cold water penetrating into the warmer currents.
5: And what's that mean?
1: An unusual amount of melting ice at both poles. Well, surely that would also mean floods. They've already had them in Australia and New Zealand.
5: Are you telling me that the heat of the bombs melted the ice caps?
1: No, sir. That wouldn't melt enough ice to flood the Isle of Wight. But if they did go off together... Supposing the combined thrust of the explosions shifted the tilt of the earth. Oh, come on, Bill. That would alter the climatic regions. A complete change in the world's weather. A new ice age for some, new tropics, a new equator. I don't know what else it's all guesswork. It's all science fiction. So were rockets to the moon and manned satellites. We're going to have to move, sir.
5: Yes? Right? Miss Evans? All right, move and hit hard. Bill, write your story. I'm not sold on it, but I'll print it. It might force something big.
4: The next clip is about the mutation of the planet Earth.
1: What's the mutation of the Earth? Mutation? Well, it's a slight oscillation on the Earth's axis. It's caused by the pull of the sun and the moon on the equator. You see, there's a slight bulge on the... There's also an item here about axis rotation. There's been an 11-degree variation, whatever that may mean. Where'd this come from? Never mind where it came from. Translate it means I was right. Well, congratulations. They've shifted the tilt of the earth. The stupid, crazy, irresponsible bastards. They've finally done it. That's the normal angle of tilt. An 11 degree variation would put it this way or there. We don't know whether it's east or west. Nope. Your weather line theory would indicate an east to west tilt. Where would you get this story, Stanley? i prefer you not to ask, sir.
5: Get me Sir John Kelly, either at his office or at his home. Wherever he is, I want to talk to him. Does
1: this come from your new contact? Never mind where it comes from. You take my word. That's the story.
5: What can this do to us, Bill, apart from altering the Earth's climates? Well,
1: monkeying around with nature on this scale. Who knows what the implications are.
5: Well, what do you think? i prefer not to. Yes? I didn't ask for the PRO. All right, put him through. Who is it? Holroyd, right, sir. Holroyd. Right. Get Jacko in, get everybody in. Holroyd, this is Jefferson, the editor of the Daily Express here. Yes, well, you can tell Sir John that he has the choice of being disturbed now or when he reads his morning paper. We're going to print whether he talks or not. Bill, get moving. I want a pictorial panorama of the world as it's going to be with the new climatic zones and all the rest of it changed. Standing, come in on this phone. Take this down. Sir John Kelly, Jefferson here. I'd like a statement and I'd like it now. Nothing's impossible. Not even an 11-degree tilt in the globe's axis. Yes, that's precisely what we're going to print.
4: In the next clip, we find that Jenny is mad at Peter.
1: Jeannie, what else could I do? I don't want
0: to hear. I don't
1: want to know. It had to come out, Jeannie. You couldn't sit on a thing like this.
0: That's right.
1: That's right. But we didn't use your name, Jeannie. Nobody used your
5: name. It
0: cares about my name. My name's nothing. It's my trust you've used. All right, I'm ready.
5: Who are you? I'm a security officer. Now wait a minute. Where are you taking her? For
1: the moment, into preventative custody. For what?
3: Can we go now, please?
1: What the hell are you preventing? It's happened, man. You've got the head weathercock sitting on the biggest adult egg the human race has ever laid.
0: Leave it alone, Pete. It's none of your business.
1: You'll get these bloody bombs off as though they were forking scribes on bonfire night. You want to keep it a secret? Fine, fine. So they stick the kid into preventative custody. Oh, cool off. I know it's hot, but cool off. Never mind the data on leukemia or infant mortality or strontium G or any of the other clinical facts of mass suicide. Just stick some kid in a cell and everything will be all right.
5: He's going right about it, just like that. Oh,
1: sure. Now they want to read about the filthy, self-destructive force humanity carries around, rotting in its belly. Now! Well, it's too late.
5: It's never too late for a good story well written. The human race has been poisoning itself for years with a great big smile on its fat face. Well, that's how it is, Pete. People don't care about the news until it becomes personal. Well, it has become personal for me. Isn't there anything you can do? What else is there to do? I've made me will. Look, Pete, they're just a bit hysterical like the rest of us. They let her out in a few days. Let her out to do what? Who's going to give her a job? No problem there. We'll give her a job. While it all still lasts, we might as well have full employment.
4: The next clip is when they find out that the Earth is heading towards the Sun. On
5: the phone from Moscow. Moscow?
0: It's urgent. Very bad
5: line. Oh, I wonder it got through at all. Clive? Hello? Clive? Yes, I can't hear you. Yes? Uh huh. Yes. I've got it. I only wish I didn't believe it. I expect you'd like to come home now. Is anything still flying? Well, it's up to you. You can, if you wish. Shall I get on with it? Conference, fast. Right, sir. Jacko. Conference. Jacko, where the hell are you? Yes, sir. In here. Get a move on. Miss Evans. Get the old man. I think he's a chirkly, but wherever he is, I'll find him. Yes, sir. You want me to wait? You have a family, don't you? I have a son. I'd get him to the country if you can. I don't think things in the cities are going to be too pleasant. I brought the dummy in case no, you... Oh,
0: you can tear that
5: up. On the direct line. Good evening, sir. Well, the Russians have just about topped everything. McCready got through from Moscow. They held an international press conference, had their top scientists present. They say that those two bangs did more than alter the tilt. They made an 11-degree shift in our orbit. And we're moving towards the sun. Well, I can't see what they'd gain by making it up. They say Western scientists have known about this all along, but were trying to work something out before they broke it. It's not through on the agencies yet, but it's bound to be any moment. No, of course not. No, that's the way I was going to play it. I'll have it put through to you. Anyone want a recap, or did you get it? We got it, but what the hell do we do with it? To start with, it's two lines of 120 point across eight columns. I'm not up on my sci-fi, so we're orbiting towards the sun. Well, how many
1: billion light years... That's before... true. I'd say there's about four months. Before what? Before there's a delightful smell in the universe of charcoal mankind. You really mean four months? According to the temperature rises in the last few weeks, yes.
5: So that's the message, is it? About another 300 deadline. Is that what we say in tomorrow's paper? Tomorrow we report the news, the facts. We leave prophecy to the street corner cranks. Bill, you and Sandy... Start arranging interviews with top scientists, Cockcroft, Penny. Right. If you can get a call through to Calcutta, Haldane might break silence. Okay. Pete, you'll get busy on the no-water angle. Everything affected, sanitation, electricity, power plants, even down to car radiators. And keep the tone of the paper reasonably optimistic. Understand? It's going to be all right.
2: That's it.
4: The next clip is about drastic action needed.
2: Drastic conditions demand drastic action. Scientists are unanimous that we must attempt to change, or at least check, the movement towards the sun. And so, four thermonuclear bombs, the largest ever devised, will be detonated simultaneously, 100 miles apart in the west of Siberia. And to this end, they have been working with all possible speed before conditions of heat make assembly uncontrollable. No one, and I repeat, no one, can tell us exactly what this massive explosion will effect. One thing is certain, however. Without it, we are a doomed planet. With it, we can only place ourselves in the hands of the Almighty.
4: The bombs have been detonated, and here are Peter's last words.
1: So man has sown the wind and reaped the whirlwind. Perhaps in the next few hours there will be no remembrance of the past and no hope for the future that might have been. All the works of man will be consumed in the great fire out of which he was created. But perhaps at the heart of the burning light into which he has thrust his world, there is a heart that cares more for him than he has ever cared for himself. And if there is a future for man, Insensitive as he is, proud and defiant in his pursuit of power, let him resolve to live it lovingly, for he knows well how to do so. Then he may say once more, truly the light is sweet, and what a pleasant thing it is for the eyes to see the sun.
4: That's the end of today's movie. Now it's time for some movie trivia. Towards the end of the movie, Peter is driving to Jenny's apartment when he's stopped to talk to a policeman, who's played by Sir Michael Caine. This movie was received an X certification from the British Board of Film Censors upon release, barring anyone under 16 from seeing it. Edward Judd was not the first choice for the role of Peter Stenning. The character was originally written for Richard Burton in mind, hence the drinking, womanizing, and snappy dialogue of the character. But the producers could not afford to hire him. Peter Finch was also contemplated for the role, but he was unavailable. Personally, I can see Richard Burton in this role. But Peter Finch? Eh, not so much. Edward Judd and Jean Anderson, who plays May, the landlady of the pub, where her husband were actually husband and wife in real life at the time of this film. Uh, Val Guest said that there was no enthusiasm to make this movie, so he managed to persuade British Lion Films to go havesies with him, and he had to give up uh, his proceeds, his profits from a movie he made called Expresso Bongo, which was a hit. So he had to put up his own money and create his own a production company to make this movie. Uh, Val Guest and Wolf Mankiewicz received the 1962 BAFTA Award for Best Film Screenplay for this movie today. And then the Daily Express editor, Arthur Christensen, well, he played himself in today's movie. And that's it for movie trivia. Now it's time for the Star Trek Connection. Everybody knows I'm a big Star Trek fan, and I try to find a Star Trek connection in every movie or TV show I watch. I'm afraid I couldn't find a Star Trek connection in today's movie. So, here are my comments about today's movie. I watched the 2020 DVD Special Edition from Kino Lober. The picture and sound quality are excellent on this DVD. This disc is loaded with special features. It comes with two audio commentaries, one by co-writer, producer, and director Val Guest, and another one by the film historian Richard Harlan Smith. It comes with four TV spots, four radio spots, and the theatrical trailer. I came across this movie on YouTube a couple months ago. I've, I've heard of it in the past, but I've never sat down and watched it. So I could I didn't have a copy of it, so I watched on my iPad And I was pleasantly surprised. I really enjoyed this movie. So I went and ordered it the next day from Amazon, and I've watched it twice since then. This movie's well-acted, well-directed. It's kind of dialogue-heavy, though, so you got to pay attention. But the exchanges between the characters are great. A lot of the dialogue and the timing reminds me a lot of a Howard Hawks film. If you ever watch The Thing from Another World... And you see the dialogue and the actions in between characters. It's similar in this movie. Um, this is Jeanette Janet Munro's first adult role role after leasing, leaving Disney. She was a Disney kid. She was in Darby O'Gill and the Little People, Swiss Family Robinson. Uh, she was also in um, the Trollenberg Terror. But yeah, she was a kid. And this is her first one of her first adult pictures. Um. Leo McKern and Edward Judd, they are great together. I love the banter between the two. And I recently found out that Edward Judd was considered for the role of James Bond. And I look at him and I go, he's no Sean Connery. And I just can't see him as James Bond. But I really, really enjoy the movie. I like movies that are told in flashback. So it starts at the at the end and then it shows you the uh, events that happened before. And I like that. I also like that. In this movie, they had a yellowish-orange sepia at the beginning and the end, which makes you look like it's really, really hot. It's a great, great trick that didn't probably cost that much. Um, So basically, the movie, is a news reporter, investigates strange weather events and comes across a story of the century. The simultaneous detonation of two nuclear bombs at the North Pole and South Pole has knocked the Earth off orbit, and it's now heading towards the sun. Throw in a love story, and you got today's movie. The special effects were average at best. There was a lot of matte paintings and miniatures, but it's, it's the story that keeps you going. The story and the interaction between the two characters. There were a couple things that stuck out in the movie to me that I, I didn't realize, but um, I didn't know there were anti-atomic bomb protests. I didn't know that. Um, there's a couple scenes. There's a scene of an anti-A-bomb protest with the peace sign. And I always thought the peace sign was for uh, Vietnam, you know, back in the later that uh, that decade in the late 60s, mid to late 60s, we would see the peace sign at uh, Vietnam War protests. But I didn't know about the A-bomb testing. So that was pretty cool. Uh, Another thing that I saw in the movie that stuck out was uh, the water lines. Can you imagine waiting in line to get water? That's crazy. We buy water in bottles and chuck the bottle out the window. That's 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 crazy. And then there's a scene with the beatniks rioting. It's like beatniks rioting. That doesn't, that's a, isn't that a contradiction? Beatniks and riots that don't sound like it goes together, but, uh, it's a great science fiction movie. I can't believe I've never seen it before a couple months ago. Cause it came out in 1961, but I would recommend this, sci- uh, this movie to all science fiction fans. It's a must see movie. And if you like British science fiction, you will love this movie. On a scale from 1 to 10, I'm going to give it a solid 8 out of 10. And those are my comments for the day the Earth caught fire. That's it for today's podcast. Before I wrap up this week's podcast, I want to thank Rico again for giving me another opportunity to share with all of you another classic science fiction movie. I also want to thank everyone who took the time to listen to me today. I hope you enjoyed it. Rico will be back on the podcast next week. I'll be back soon with another classic science fiction movie. Until then, everyone take care of yourselves. This is M5, signing off.
2: sci-fi.com forward slash form for right to leak today. TrekSF at gmail.com Until next time, live long and prosper. Treks in sci-fi. Let End of transmission.